Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of After the Siren podcast. My name is Nisha and I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Jarvis. Jarvis, how has your week been? An exciting depressing. slash depressing, depressing. If, you're, if you're you, but an exciting final round of footy for it was most a, people. It was a very exciting round of footy. I think it was uh, exactly what um, everyone wanted out of a final uh week of uh, home and away season i think it mm. uh, had all the stakes it could possibly have on top of it you know you had the top four finally get out um for pretty much the top four positions yes um you had you know who who was the worst of the teams this year we <laughs> saw that pretty convincingly as we well had that very exciting draw between richmond and hawthorne draw you had the uh people trying to contend for the final two positions so that was a whole um, mm. You know, heads up. You know, squeeze I was, their way into the eight, and it did not disappoint at no, all. No, it did not. I mean, by Sunday, I think everyone was kind of knowing where things were going. But everyone um, had simmered down after after Fremantle had lost yes. their game. But um, nevertheless, it was a fantastic final it round. It was of another really wild and you know unprecedented season where. Mm-hmm. Um, teams have had to adapt and the AFL has had to adapt to everything going on. So great to see that they've actually made it through. There were probably some doubts at times. Yes, there now, was. Now, we've obviously got a huge packed episode for you guys. A Not lot. only do we have the result of our ladder predictions mm-hmm. and our tipping competitions, um, we have got our top footy moments at always. We're going to summarize Harry's big win for the Coleman. We are going to let you know who those final eight sides are are and who they will be playing along with our finals predictions yes um we're gonna ask the question who's still going to be around and still coaching in 2022 and we also have a special guest interview with sean zimmerman a keen kangas fan who's going to give us a really good insight on the season that has just passed and hopefully some insight on the finals as well so stick around for all of that but before we get into any of that Mm -hmm. let's get into our top footy moment i just read your I just read your top footy moment and I should not be surprised by that. (laughs) Um, Would you like to go first then? I will go first. However, if you guys want to send us your top footy moments, remember finals are coming up and there's going to be plenty, plenty to go around. So please send them through to us at our Instagram at After the Siren Podcast. Now, um, as Jarvis just kind of gave away, my top footy moment is very predictable and um but i think it has to be mentioned one more time that eddie Betts played his final game on the weekend and just the send-off was you know obviously no crowd there which was disappointing yeah. but um the send-off was as good as it could be in the circumstances yes. he he kicked a couple of goals and eddie's special where he kicked it across the <laughs> across the ground and in front of him and he could have passed it off to a teammate but he thought nah not not this time i'll, I'll take it um, I think it was actually cow's body could have passed it off to as well <laughs> No, oh, now was the second. That was the second one. Yeah, different one. But you know, it was a fantastic summary summary of his game. Obviously, Levi Caswell playing his last game as well. Kicked a couple goals, too. Gave us the double cobra for the last time. So mm-hmm. a good day for Carlton fans. Uh, despite the loss, um, the Giants wore their Indigenous jumpers to show their respect for Eddie. I thought that was a really really nice touch, and they. Uh, gifted him a little basket, I think some wine, I think some and, wine some, and a crate or something like that. Which I think I saw him drinking uh, <laughs> post-game with, oh, with his mean, lovely wife, Anna. Um, well, I'm sure he doesn't have to worry about pre-season <laughs> no, anymore, so he, said, he can uh, get a bit loose. Retirement life with a photo of him drinking some alcohol, so possibly the, the one that was gifted to him by the Giants. But it just goes to show the impact he's had on this game has been further than just within the four walls of the club. Yep. Obviously, the Giants felt the need to acknowledge him. And um, yeah, it was just a really special night of footy um obviously over on the other other fox footy channel you had the big uh clash between melbourne and geelong going yeah. on so have didn't actually get to watch that game because i was watching the Carlton yes. game but but the segueing into my top footy moment i didn't which even is, plan that but you're you so did, welcome you, yes thank you so much it actually comes from that exact game obviously we weren't able to watch it but what we did watch was the last two minutes of it and geez louise was that well sorry i watched it i don't know if you did yeah no, um, i did that last two minutes was a bit a bit crazy a bit insane and it capped it all off with the captain max gorn kicking the goal to secure their 
uh, minor premiership for the first time in what must be 50 I think years it's since no more than that i think it's 60 years i think 60 it's years since 61 jeez or well, si- no maybe 64 64. 64. Well, there you go. Either way, it's been a long time since Melbourne have um, have uh, secured a minor premiership. Will that be signs for the uh, major premiership? We don't know. But um, Maxi Gorn actually had a, a, splente- a splendendious, no, uh, um, amazing game. I don't know what I was trying to say with the S word. But um, <laughs> he got 25 disposals and that goal to secure... Um, uh, the final uh, spot in the ladder. So, really, very, very, very well done by the captain, Max Gorn. Now, I wasn't with any Melbourne fans no, at the time, but, but we've all seen Max Gorn take a shot after the siren <laughs> before and absolutely spray it and kick it out on the full. So, I can only imagine that their hearts would have been in their mouths. It's like, and... anyone else, anyone else, <laughs> anyone else. <laughs> exactly, they would have gone, oh, no, but captain delivered and... Well, I think there's really no one more fitting for Melbourne to, to slot no, that goal. No, it sound it looked like a, a kind of fairy tale ending almost. I feel like you couldn't get a more capped off way of the Melbourne season than what happened in those final two minutes. And uh, just an extra shout out to Gorney, twenty five disposals. Yeah, that's insane. Mm. Really well done by Gorney. I wish I had him for <laughs> over twenty five, but you know that would have paid out a pretty decent amount. And uh, speaking of goals that have been kicked, we'll go straight into our first story, and that is that Harry Mackay has secured the Coleman Medal mm-hmm. for 2021. Very proud of the young man, and he has kicked 58 goals uh, in just 19 outings. He did miss a few games throughout the season, obviously yep. that game against North, and then also the final two games of the season, so yep. only played the 19. Um and then Tom Hawkins came in second with 54 goals and Jack Rewalt uh, came in third with 51 goals. Yeah, they came in uh, in a little bit of a back Hawkins and Rewalt. They weren't in the contention, but obviously with um, Walker and out Brucey. and Bruce out, uh, it was the second and third place were right in the wing, uh, yeah. ready to get taken away Up from that. Up for grabs. Um, Harry became the third member of the Carlton Football Club to receive the Coleman Medal um, alongside Brent Favola in 2006 and 2009 and Tom Carroll in 1961. He also joins a list of seven players at Carlton to kick the most goals for the season. And he really, really stepped up his game. Yeah. Um, his best performance this year was in round four against Fremantle, where he kicked seven goals. And his previous uh, best was 26 goals in wow. a season. So he has actually more than doubled that. That's really impressive. Um, and I think it's just a bit of consistency, a bit of the fact that he was the the main key target with, um, you know, Caswell kind of going in and out of the side, McGovern, you know, kind yep. of floating around. Um, Charlie coming in at the end. Charlie Kerner coming back in at the end, but he was the one that was there yep. the whole time. Um, so that was really... Really good effort by Harry to really hold down the forward line for a team that's obviously struggled their way through the year. Um, so a good little uh, individual accolade yes. for Harry. Um, hopefully he will get a few more along the way. Hopefully he can bring this Coleman metal kicking accuracy uh, into next year for Carlson. Definitely hoping for the best. Hopefully the preseason treats him well with the, his surgery as well. Yes, that is true. He had some shoulder issues right at the end and had a, had surgery a couple of weeks ago. So that's why he missed those last two games. That's a good point you've made there. Yeah. That round four, by the way, was uh, a round to be remembered for the... For the, uh, for the big key forwards. Big, big key forwards. I think it was Harry kicked the seven. Um, <laughs> Harry kicked the seven. Bruce kicked the ten. And then I think Walker, Walker kicked six. six. I think yeah. he kicked six. So that round four was definitely a round to be remembered for a few key forwards, that's for sure. Now, we are going to move on to our next story, and that is if your team is in the finals, Mm. this is where you're going to want to divert your attention to. So it's finals times, and everything has been revealed. Who's playing who, the venues, what time, everything. So what's the first match, and and who's going to be playing in it? Well, it starts off with the Friday, August 27th. Do you want to run through who we're tipping as I'm going through, or do you want me to run through it then? I think we'll give our tips at the end. Okay, easy done. So the first um, qualifying final is going to be Port Adelaide versus Geelong. Um, that will be at Adelaide Oval. It's going to be a bit of a nighttime game, 720. Um, so that will be a bit of fun there. Um, on to Saturday, you've got the second elimination final, which will be uh, Sydney versus GWS, and mm. they'll be played in Tasmania. Obviously, the AF- AFL have prioritised having crowds for the final, so that's why um, a lot of the games will be playing in over in the uh, West as well as 
Yeah, the West and also in Tasmania. Are they playing at Adelaide? Sorry? The... No, the West. Wait. I mean, Sorry? technically Adelaide is West, west from it's here. It's West from us. But, but you know, I thought you meant like Western no, Australia, Australia, but no, Adelaide over Adelaide, Adelaide, um, so South relatively Australia. South in, south in the realm of Southwest, Australia. West, South, you know, all that stuff. Um, on to the <laughs> first qualifying final, which is going to be Melbourne versus Brisbane. That's going to be over at Adelaide Oval. And then finally on Sunday, the big game for me. Um, and my family, actually, um, will be the Western Bulldogs versus Essendon over in Tasmania. It's going to be a nice afternoon game to watch. Might have a few bevies with that. How are you thinking about this final season, Nish, and what's your opinions on all these matches? Well, I'll just say, in case you hadn't noticed, the the two teams that locked in those final stops spots were JWS and Essendon and obviously some controversy in the last round with Brisbane booting the dogs out of the top four it's been a very touchy subject in this house this week that was such a hard game to watch because I had um I had a sheet Nisha knows this I had a sheet of all the uh, uh like the points if you know uh, Brisbane scored this many points. Uh, West Coast needed to have this many points and more for dogs to be in the top four. Obviously, the ladder, live ladder, was there in the bottom corner the entire time of the game. It came down to was, half oh a God. percent. Um, yep. So that is really, really as close as it can get. But, um, you know, you got to say the dogs kind of did it to themselves in those oh, last we, final yeah, rounds we, of, we, the, we deserve, of the season. We deserve so. fifth. We deserve We'll get back into these tips. I think some of these games are so, so hard to call oh, here. 100%. Um, you know, with Port Adelaide and Geelong, Geelong were fire that first, you know, half of their game on the weekend against mm-hmm. Melbourne, and then Melbourne were able to tear them apart. And I think given Port will have the home game advantage in in this first yeah. qualifying final, I'm oh, sorry, second qualifying final, I am going to go with Port Adelaide, and I think it will be a very, very tough match though it will be however whoever loses that game then goes into a clash with the winner of the sydney gws game now the sydney gws game obviously played in tassie as you stated i'm gonna go with sydney and my family is all gonna hate me for saying that because whenever i tip sydney they lose um i don't think that's that true to be honest i think you've tipped sydney quite a lot this year and they've won a you know about a 50 percent chance i would say probably true but they still blame me every time they lose (laughs) (laughs) because they got no one else to blame they can't blame the umpires because then that's just being a regular supporter (laughs) um but i do think jws have the have the potential to give them a run for Mm -hmm. their money um swans have lost a couple of key players um kennedy still may not be back they thought he'd you know recover quick enough for finals yeah um and mills is another one Um, his achilles uh was Really, really tested. Obviously, Blakey. Is, no certainty. Blakey. Blakey was gone from last week. We touched on that last week, yes. Um, obviously, with GWS, you have Cornelio possibly coming back as well. He was mm. playing as the medical sub and came in in the last probably like five, ten minutes of that game. Yes. Um, on the weekend. So, I mean, he kicked a goal. He pretty much, he was around the goals Um the second he came out into the field. So yeah. Canelo seems to be in a decent amount of form. Definitely having a captain here for final series is going to be a big one for the GWS. Yeah. Um, it'll just be interested to see how they pull up. Obviously, Dogs and Essendon. I think it's going to be a big clash. Obviously, Essendon you just beat one. the Dogs. No, we haven't done Melbourne, Brisbane. Oh, sorry. Yet. We'll go back to Melbourne, <laughs> Brisbane. Melbourne, Brisbane. So I was looking at the um the picture that we have. Oh, yeah. True, true. No, I was so going, I was doing, you were going up. Um, so Melbourne, Brisbane. Obviously, I think this is going to be an absolutely stellar game to watch i think this will be uh, an absolute clash this is on honestly like grand final level like of, of, of a preview here i mean obviously i would like if the dogs were to win to surpass whoever team loses here but this game i think is going to be the toughest to call out of all four games um for sure I think I'm going to go with Melbourne, and it is such a tough call i flip-flopped back and forth with yeah. this one um but it's going to be such a good contest. The midfield battle is going to be insane. Yep. Neil and Lyons and Oliver and Petrarca. Yep. And it's honestly, I think it's going to be down to which team can work together as a unit. Even their backs. So. Yep. I mean, the defense is a big key. Is Harris yep. Andrews going to be playing? Yep. He's been in and out. He's not been you know, able is to be in the best form. May was not... Was May playing last I night? Know. I didn't watch I don't game. think May was playing last night. I think he's two been pulled ago, up... But... Yeah, two nights ago. I think he's been playing with a bit of an injury. So I think he possibly might be coming back. Obviously, Lee has had an outstanding, outstanding season. Outstanding season. Um, so... I'm going to go with Melbourne. I'm going to do it. Well, because... I haven't even said who... I'm tipping for any of this yet. That's true. <laughs> so you've so you've gone Port Sydney Melbourne. Yes. 
Um, and then we'll get your final take on the dogs Essendon game here. Yes. Um, I, I'm going to go with the dogs. I don't think they're going to be rubbed out the first week of finals. I think that, um, they lost to Essendon a few weeks ago and there's a bit of a history when you play a team and lose to them, that you're able to come back and and beat them and review that game. And I think it's really an advantage to you guys that you've gotten to play them so recently yeah that's um, a fair and call. you'll be able to really break da- down that game and have a good review see the way that they want to play footy and really try and stop that so you're obviously going to need to have some big guns firing the bond mccray english hopefully back in the ruck full time no louis young in the ruck well doing throws in the last minute of the oh. game <laughs> you know it's not only that i think you have to look at people like um that possibly could come back into the side. Obviously, when we first Essendon uh, a few weeks ago, we had no Keith, mm. which is going to be a big one to stop uh, two meter Peter. Um, you've also got Gardner possibly coming back in. We still need to know if Martin will possibly yes. come back in. I think in, even if Martin isn't able to play, you play Jordan Sweet for the ruck yeah. just so that English can spend some more time forward. Um, it's a bit ridiculous that Bevo hasn't been even considering Jordan Sweet, and we're being going straight to. Um, to Louis Young. To, to Louis Young, like we have a spare ruck. Why aren't we giving him game time to even get experience? It's a bit confusing to me. Um, but if you look over at Essendon, my gosh, uh, Stringer has been having a good little half of the season. He's yeah. he's been telling <laughs> this team like, hey, get on my back. Let's let's go win this thing. Which is a very scary thing, especially because he has this experience of being lower on the ladder. And winning a finals, especially against the Dogs, his mm. old side. I think one um, thing to consider with Essendon, though, is they, they've they pretty much had a dream run in this final stage of the season. Aside from having to play the Dogs yeah, and I then obviously it. winning that game. They had, um, you know, the Pies on the weekend. They yep. had the Suns recently. So it's been, you know, a pretty been, crazy... Yeah. You know, run into finals. The dogs, however, had obviously had port on the weekend, and they really did give them a run for their money. It's not like they fell away by forty yeah. points to port. They they lost by two points, and you know it's very very interesting to see what's going to happen. But I'm going to stick with the dogs for this one, half because I really want them to win, and half because I think they're going to win. I honestly think even the midfield battle on um in in this game is going to be very interesting to see because obviously you got McGrath back, Parish back. Um, and you know, the, we already know the dogs midfield is a bit insane, but it's whether or enough they can gel together to get that going. Now, in terms of my final predictions, I will actually probably go with Geelong, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, I think Geelong might be able to just kind of grind it out. I think they've got enough experience on their side. Experience um, is the only thing they've yeah, got. Yeah, <laughs> they've only thing that we've really got. And I think that experience is going to be pivotal, um, for, this game, I think Geelong will be able just to grind out possibly one of the tougher games that they'll have um, in this final series. Um, in terms of the Sydney Derby, which I think we've seen like four times this year. I know. So it's a bit ridiculous. But I mean, I that's do... not possible, but I get what you <laughs> yeah. mean. Um, I do think Sydney is going to take that one out, to be honest with you. Um, I think GWS have just like skinned their teeth against these finals. Yeah. And Sydney have been on a even though they've had a couple of down periods throughout the season, I think they've been on a very upwards trajectory. Mm. I think even with Franklin getting close to a thousand goals, I think that's going to be a real staple and why they want to keep kind of going for this finals. Mm. Um, it's almost a dream run for them as well. Um, in terms of Melbourne and Brisbane, honestly, it, you could coin flip this and you I could. would, I would be like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I kind of want to go with Brisbane because I want to see the final clash between Melbourne and dogs one last time to kind of be like, okay, who were who the better teams of the season? Obviously, Dogs dropped off. Melbourne kept going. Um, but I think Brisbane probably will take over against Melbourne. Um, and then finally, with the Dogs, Essendon, my heart and soul have to go <laughs> into the Dogs here. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens in this final se- uh, final series. Um, but it should be a fun final series nonetheless. I'm very, very excited for things to heat up, especially while we're still in lockdown here in Melbourne. It's really good to have something to look forward to each week, and I am so keen for this final season to get underway. Now, as, you know, eight teams head off to the final, our attention does turn to some of the teams that are possibly not going to be there, well, definitely not going to be there this season, and um, some changing happens in the... uh, in the off season in yes. terms of the coaching panel. And yes. um, there are now three clubs that are, you know, potentially on the rocks with their coaches. And 
Alastair Clarkson has notified everyone that he's he's taking a season off next season, which is really, really big news for some of these clubs that thought, oh, we'll just get rid of our coach and get Clarkson yeah, yep. in. So run us through who's who's on the lookout for a new coach potentially. Well, as we've known throughout the past, probably last half of the season, uh, Carlton have been a bit in the mud with their coach, David Teague, and obviously with the... Um, uh, the what is it called? The not the review. Uh, yeah, the, the review. The review that's yeah. been going on. I was going to say like the match review for some reason. No, no, no. Um, but the the club, the review. club review that's been going on. So David Tick has had uh, amounts of pressure. Obviously, has not had the season that he's probably been hoping for, especially with the team that he's got. Um, so definitely, Carlton will be looking possibly at a new coach if David Teague um, is to go um, in the next last half of the year, or you know, four months that we have left in the year. Also. Mm. Um, Gold Coast Suns um, have had Stewie Dew for quite some time. Haven't seen the results, I think, out of the 11 seasons that have been in the AFL system. Uh, 10 of them have been in the bottom bottom five. Bottom five. So that hasn't been what you want for a, a, a starting team. So definitely um, Gold Coast Suns will be looking at some sort of new captain. If Stewie Dew did say, though, he's not worried uh, in, resp- in response to the sacking rumours. So possibly um, Gold Coast still have a lot of faith in Stewie Dew. Um, obviously, you had people like Miller that's been kind of firing the last half of the season. Yeah, um, so, it really has. Yeah, and besides that, Collingwood, obviously. Yeah, they're without the uh, Nathan Buckley, who yes, left. Yes, uh, they're with what Robert Harvey, who's you know putting his foot forward, but there is a, a whole whole barrel of names that have been thrown up for that uh, coaching role. You know, the likes of Michael Voss, um, you know, um, even some of the assistant coaches over at West Coast have thrown their name into the ring. Um, But just heading back to Clarkson for a little bit, he said um, uh, he does have the intention to return to coaching. So whether it's a year off, a year or two off, um, he does definitely have the intention. So maybe if you're a club... um, you know, in 12 months or two years, uh, Clarkson will be returning to AFL. So it's definitely not the last we've seen of him. No, it won't be the last th- seen of him, but I think it will be for the foreseeable future at least. Um, I think Clarkson, by the sounds of it, sorry, is getting a bit burnt out, especially <laughs> over the so many periods of uh, years of football. Um, I think he's going to take some time off to uh, spend it with his wife, do things with his wife that mm. he probably wasn't able to do throughout his 10 plus years of coaching. Um, so, you know, maybe a good refresh start for Clarkson. Maybe a few drinks at the Rust few Town. A <laughs> few drinks at the Rust Town. Um, will kind of reset his mind and maybe if he comes back to football um, to coach, it will give him a, a new sense of light on the game. Yes, his golden era has definitely come to an end. But so for so many clubs, they're looking for coach and it's, and it's definitely something we'll keep track of as we go yep. you know, past the final series and, and into the off season because uh, it's... It's a lot of moving around for quite a few, couple of the bigger clubs in the competition. Um, and other than that, I think that's a wrap on our coaching debacles at the moment. But Stewie Dew, sorry, just real quick. Stewie Dew has one more season left in his contract, doesn't that's he? That's correct, yes. So, okay, so they, if anything, Gold Coast probably still have like two years before. <laughs> they need to really look for a new coach anyway. Yes. But yes. Um, anyway, we are about to jump into our special interview. Yeah. So please, please stick around. This one, I'm sure, will be full of laughs and humor and a bit of positivity for your week. And uh, stick around for that. We'll be back afterwards. We're back from our little break, and I am very pleased to have our special guest on today, Sean Zimmerman, joining us. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, my pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. That is all right. How long, and be honest, how long have you been waiting to get a bit of a call up to be on on the potty this year? So what, what is this, number 23 podcast? Well, it's, it's 29 because we started for 29. the women's season, yeah. I was ready 28 episodes ago. <laughs> Thought it might be a similar answer to that. Um, something that we get all of our guests to... Uh, we want to know what your top footy moment is from round 23. Something that we do every episode, but we want to hear what was your top footy moment um, coming out of the final round. 
I'm a traditionalist. I love the retirees. I love those that are given 15 and 16 and 13 and 14 years to the game. And, and then they get to have their moment. They get to retire, not delisted or injury, you know, you know, the Eddie Betzers and the, the Mains and the guys like that that get to have their moment in the sun. Silk, you know, playing his 400-plus yeah. game, you know. That, that, for me, takes highlights everything about the last round of the season. Yeah, definitely. I think I, I put uh, Eddie Betts as my top footy moment, but I'm a little bit biased in just sort of singling him out, so I'm glad you gave a bit of credit to some of the other boys who've hung up the boots. Um, how did you get into footy and uh, let everyone know what team you support so we can get a bit of background on, on your footy knowledge and where you're coming from coming out of this season? All right, getting into footy. It was an interesting one, that. Dad was a mad St Kilda supporter and went to all the games, including walking to their grand final from Moorabbin to the MCG to watch their grand final. But at some stage, prices became a little bit too much for my dad and he decided to follow the VAFA with the amateurs here in, in Melbourne. And, and, and from that point on, I would go every week with him. Um, from an AFL point of view, I had two older brothers that were mad Richmond supporters. Uh, and in their little domain in the world, in their house, they had all these posters up and whatnot. And it was probably at that moment that I realised I wasn't a Richmond supporter, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> and, and to be very honest with you, I became a North Melbourne supporter watching the draw on a black and white TV. There you go. Probably so I, I'm not sure answer. how I didn't end up Collingwood, but th there's a passion within and most North Melbourne people are fairly loud and passionate. So North Melbourne is my, is my love. Uh, definitely can agree that you're uh, one of the louder and more passionate supporters that I've met from any team that is. Um, so very good that North have supporters like that. Um, so North have obviously, I don't think I would call it a disappointing season, but I just want your review of what um, what North have been able to do this season. Obviously, it's been very highly publicised. They've been going through a rebuild, um, so you're not going to expect you know anything other than that from this season, obviously first season under the coach, uh, David Noble. So what is your takeaways from, from 2021 as a North fan? Oh, I skip into 2022. <laughs> Just literally. I mean, no, no one in the history of the comp has delisted 12 players, you know, let alone bring in a new coach to then form a list and take over the helm. Um, you know, you could see early on at the start of this season, especially with the injuries we've incurred with a Tarrant and a core and a Cunnington and guys like that not playing and Ben Brown moved on. You could see early on that it was it was tough, but I think since our bye, it, we've, we've been competitive. You're looking at a team and most would describe as not a bottom of the ladder team. So in review, loved it. I love the fact that we got lots of games into these kids. You know, the, the combination of Larkin and Zerhar up forward is exciting. You know, LDU with the Simkin and then Williams and a Powell and then you add Cunnington back to that. You know, and then there's Taron Thomas. And if you got it to see a little bit of North's game on the weekend, the boy's just elite and he's only going to get better. So, yeah, look forward to next year. I look forward to getting Core back. So I think Core and Mackay become our back line for a very long time. Yes. Uh, and there's a boy named Comden who were desperate to get fit. And then we've got the um, mid-season draft pick in Jacob Edwards, who will also be another tall forward for us. So, look, uh, uh, lots of hope and pre-season goes without injury which is, you know, really important, especially to a young team. So if we get a good pre-season in, then, you know, we've seen in, in modern footy that you don't have to be down the bottom forever. You know, you can turn it around really quickly. And if they can build up some fitness and get, you know, continue to get games into these kids, I, I think anything's possible. Yeah, I was going to just move on to what your, I guess, expectations and hopes were for next season from the boys, um, considering that some, some clubs have really proven that you can bounce back quite quickly. Um, however, as a Carlton supporter, I, I often go into the season with, um, I guess I wouldn't say many expectations and just hoping that the boys can do well. Um, are you placing an expectation that they'd be able to bounce back up and be competitive or push for a final spot? Or is that maybe still a couple of years off in your opinion? I think it's a couple of years off. I think, it's, as I said, it's a bit of the draw. It's a bit of injuries. It's a bit of fixturing. It's a bit of luck. But I, I'd be aiming for eight to ten wins next year as a North supporter after getting four or five this year and really didn't get going till after the bye. And, and if you're anywhere near nine or 10, then, you know, depending on how the chips fall, you're a chance to maybe fall into the eight. So definitely not expecting finals, but definitely expecting, a, you know, a good march up the ladder. Yeah, definitely. I'd agree with that. I think that's definitely within the, the boys' capability. Um, 
What have your thoughts been on the rule changes that the AFL have brought in this year? Obviously, there was the, I guess, controversial stand on the mark rule that um, has kind of faded away as the season's gone on a little bit. Um, but then you also have the medical sub and the rules around concussion that have been really um, prevalent this season uh, in the AFL. Um, do you like the rule changes or do you kind of wish they would just kind of let it sit between season to season? Because the, they do like to bring in new rules quite regularly for this game. I think they're not as bad as we thought they might have been. I think the um, stand on the mark rule was nowhere near as hard as people thought it was going to be. I think the players adapted really, really well. And it was generally someone being really silly or, you know, going three or four metres over the mark that copped the fine or the 50. So I don't think that was the end of the world. Um, I think the concussion rules has to be continually to be evolved. Yeah. You know, we've we got to make sure that we continue to look that. And, and from that point of view, then, I think the medical sub's important. Uh, I, I think there has to be guidelines. I think too many clubs had a medical sub and the player played next week. Yeah. So I think, I think if you're going to sub someone out, I think that they have to be injured and probably not play next week. I uh, also probably think they need to define it. We had one deputant, Eddie Ford, that was medical sub that didn't get on the ground. You know, that's an awful way to debut as a, as a young man. So, you know, I'd like a bit, a bit more clarity around that, a bit more thought process. But look, I think compared to what we've been changing, you know, I think that those rules weren't too bad. I, I think the rules that we really still need to look at are, are the intentional out-of-bound rules and, mm. you know, apply a bit more common sense to that and, you know, a bit of under, a footy understanding, not just, oh, uh, he went that way, that'll do. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think uh, particularly some of the rules that are brought in for safety, particularly taking the knees out or below the knees, um, sometimes you do need a little bit of footy brain using when you're applying those rules just because um, sometimes it's, you know, they might touch the player below the knee, but it's not actually the damaging reason that they, they brought the rule in for in the first place. I think the other one that needs a lot of clarity is, and it always does, is the holding of the ball rule seems to change game to game, if not round to round. And um, I think that frustrates a lot of people. And when we talk about the inconsistencies with umpiring, that's probably a really, a really big one. Um, yeah, so I'd agree with that. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think that they've been fairly inconsistent with that. I think the um, whole, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm in my 50s now. And as growing up in football, you got told if you went and got the footy, the umpire would protect you. You go earn your footy and you were okay. Whereas now, things couldn't be more opposite. If, I, if I'm a coach now, I say, let them get it and then wrap them up. Because that way you're going to get that free. I think, once again, there's that footy common sense that we're looking for, you know. Let's not reward the bloke for going to get the footy and then getting jumped on by three blokes. And you didn't try hard enough, that's holding the ball. That's not footy. That's silly. Yeah, definitely um, gives players, it really confuses players. You can see some of the time where they're hesitant to, to take the ball um, and we're all just screaming at them to, to go and get the ball. Um, yeah, obviously we've come to the end of the season now and finals is heating up and uh, you and I can both look at the final season, um, you know, very objectively. We're not too, in, you know, necessarily too invested. I know you've got a couple of Sydney supporters in your house. I've got um, a couple of Sydney supporters in my family as well. Um but in terms of your finals predictions, what are your your initial thoughts about that? Who are you tipping to take Thank the top you for asking. This is a Great question. Yeah, I think it's a mixed bag at the moment. It could go anywhere. Yeah, look, it, I think it's a really even final top eight this year, more so than any other. Um, I, I was really comfortable and confident with Geelong and still fairly am because I think if you add a Cameron and a Higgins to last year's team, there, there really is a premiership on offer. But... Saying that, Stewart comes out and Dunkley's not playing. So that brings them back a little bit. Um, I wasn't concerned about Friday night. I think um, the John boys went in at halftime and cracked a beer and went, yeah, we're pretty good. <laughs> and then just stopped playing because finals were here. Um, I, I don't trust Melbourne because who does? Unless yeah. you're a Melbourne supporter. You know, every 10 years they stand up. If they go all the way, they're probably deserving of it, but they're very inconsistent. Um, I think that the Smokey for me, sits at number six. And yes, as we said, I've got a couple of Sydney people in the house, but I think there's one genuine X factor left in this game. One bloke that can carry like dominate a game with his eyes closed. And if it wasn't retirees, it would have been Buddy's six goals on the weekend. There's no other player like Buddy left in the final series. He's in a team that are playing really good footy. They're really well coached. And I think Buddy has the potential to do anything Buddy wants in this final series. So Geelong for me, um, and on a personal note, I really hope the dogs find a bit of form because 
I really don't want to hear anything but making up numbers for the Essendon Football Club. I think they've probably done all right to get to the finals and high five and well done, but I don't think they're a finals team. So yeah. I'd like to see the dogs straighten up and take care of business because I think the dogs in full flight are great fun to watch. Yes, I, I agree with that. And there's even been a bit of chat around the office at the, the internship that I'm doing that possibly Essendon have, have put a little bit of a St Kilda and they've kind of made finals too early for their own development. Um, so whilst it is still valuable experience for some of their younger players to, to have a go at finals level, um, not that it really will change much in the first round of finals, but um, you probably agree that they, they have hit that stride and that finals run probably a little too early. And if they were to make it next season or the season after, which now we don't know if they're gonna do that because they might be a bit you know deflated and run down after this final season, if they were to make it next year or the year after, they'd have a, a bit better of a shot of it because they've only really brought in like a, a lot of their new players this year. They haven't played a whole lot of footy together. so. And you're probably right, but at the same time, you know, you don't get lots of opportunities. You know, if you're one of the big clubs, great. But if you're one of the lesser clubs, you don't always get opportunities. And and they find themselves falling in the eight. They find themselves playing, playing an awfully out-of-form Bulldogs team, you know, that are really trying to adjust to the Bruce-less forward line. So... They find themselves in a moment that, you know, they could potentially even win a final. I don't think they go anywhere. And, and I'd very much like to see the dogs pull their pants down. But I, I'm not sure how it affects next year because you can't determine what injuries will do and fixturing and, you know, are we in lockdown? Are we in a hub or a bubble again? You know, and how that impacts, that impacts on young people. So, you know, yeah, look, they probably are there too early, but you never give up finals experience. You know, the run out in a finals footy game that we both know the level goes up yeah you know so it gives them that little bit of an insight of what's expected or required I suppose yeah definitely does I think it might um it might be a bit of a tease for the Bombers supporters though because they might be now expectant that they're gonna you know hold on to a lock in for a final season next year and that might and we get what Essendon supporters are like they carry on (laughs) like pork chops you can hear them already talking about well the Hawks did it they were too early then they went on to win three so you know, you can, you can hear them getting carried away because that's what Essendon supporters do. Yeah, a couple of teams you haven't touched on yet. Um, I'll throw them in to the conversation. Brisbane and Port, obviously, making up the top four. Um, you mentioned Geelong and Melbourne already, but um, they've definitely got to uh, prove a case, particularly um, Port Adelaide uh, getting a couple of home finals thrown their way, which is definitely an advantage uh, at this point in the season. A lot of teams haven't had home games, particularly the Sydney sides, for a really, really long time. So, And look, they are they are that level that have, have played finals. They've played preliminary finals. They definitely get it. Um, and, and I'm pretty sure Port get the added advantage of a crowd. Yes. Which, which makes a huge difference, as we've seen throughout this year. So I don't disrespect or disregard them. You know, if, if Geelong aren't going to win the flag, then they're probably one of the two teams at well. I mean, you look at Brisbane are knocking. They're really knocking. And if Harris Andrews pulls up okay and his hamstring's fine, mm-hmm. then you've got to consider them. And Port Adelaide are fun to watch. I love Rosier and, you know, guys like that. And what, what is the young man that loves to do his bow and arrow? Zer- uh, sorry, no. Uh, Dersma. David Dersma. Yeah, you know, they've got some really good talent surrounded by some really good – I mean, Boat's in probably career best form. Ollie yeah. Wines is probably a vote, if not a Brownlow medalist this year. So, oh, look, they can't be disregarded. I just can't pick all eight. Yes. No, I think the the difference between the Port we saw last year and the Port we've seen this year is I think they've become a bit more of a unit and a team. I think last year they were those individual names like a Boke and a Wines running around in the middle, but they didn't bring everyone along with them. Um, this year they definitely have a lot more cohesion. But um, with that, you've seen them kind of have ebbs and flows in their forms because, you know, it's really hard to keep that team it's a long season. the whole season. Yeah, you know, and I... I and I think, too, that the experience that their coaches have had over the last couple of years will make a massive impact, you know. To, to have, I think Goodwin will have to be really mindful of not getting caught up too much in the excitement in the moment and making sure that he, you know, he coaches well because, you know, we, we've seen games won and lost in the coach's box. So, you know, I think Brisbane and Port, you know, Hinkley's coaching is probably well as he's ever. And, you know, um, grandfather time at Brisbane, he's doing a fantastic job. <laughs> you know, he's got them playing good footy at the right time. So, you know. Yeah, they're definitely to be considered. Definitely. And look, there's nothing to say that GWS aren't playing great footy at the moment as well. That's very true. 
So we've got a very, very even top eight and uh, one that's really, really hard to call for the first time in probably a long time. I think with uh, Richmond, they were pretty clear winners the, the past few times they've grabbed it. And um, even having West Coast in the in the middle, that was probably more of a surprise one. Um, you know, yes. knocking, knocking the Yeah, there's off. something wrong there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, great coach, great list. I know they've had some injuries, but nothing that says they missed the finals. Yeah, I think um, I think they've almost missed their well, not you wouldn't say missed their run because they picked a, a premiership up up in the middle of it all. But uh, some of their players are starting to age a little bit. It's probably going to be a bit of a new look West Coast across the next few years. So um, yeah, and maybe that's just where we're spoiled. You know, we're we're, we're sort of used to dynasties. We Brisbane three in a row, and the Cats have won three, and the Hawks won four, and the, the Tigers won three. You know, maybe the Dogs getting their one, maybe the West Coast getting their one. Well, that you know, that's still a grand final victory, isn't it? It's still a cup yeah. in the shelf. Exactly. So maybe if that's as much as it is, most of us would take that. Yeah, I think um, most players that played, you know, 16-year-long careers like a Cade Simpson would have, uh, you know, given anything to play in that in a, in a one-off uh, premiership year. So, um, yeah, you're not, not going to throw away the one, but if you're comparing it to the to the company of this era where you've got Hawthorne and Richmond oh, and dominated. I mean, that's a small North Melbourne fact that very few know that Boomer played in his grand final in his first year of footy. Mm. And then never got back to the big dance and played the most games in the history yes, of the sport. That was so, uh, one month after I was born. There you go. What a yeah. great month and what a great grand final it was. <laughs> I'm sure you'd think so. I don't remember it, but uh, I remember Dad yeah. complaining about it. Yeah, all but that, see, that was an interesting one, wasn't it, though? Because that was brilliant that you made it. You played your grand final the week before. Yeah. You know, to get in the grand final, that was that was one of the more joyful days to watch. Well, it was Essendon, wasn't it? It was Essendon and it was Kudafides in that last quarter. Yeah, it was. And that was joyful. But they probably played their grand final that day. But, you know, it doesn't take the pain away from losing your grand final. No, it doesn't. Anyway, uh, lots of excitement to uh, in the build-up to September. So we might wrap it up there. But thank you so much for joining us and giving your insight on especially North this season. I know that the two of us like to try and get as many opinions about as many different teams in. But uh, we're often a bit dogs and Carlton biased. So it's good to get a... Uh, another another club in here and uh, different opinions circulating. So thank you so and much. If I just if you wanted me to go back to North Melbourne for a second, I'd say what an amazing achievement it is to have forty six thousand members mm. at a club that's sitting on the bottom of the ladder with the rebuilding process. In a COVID year as well. COVID year as well. Like, you know that makes you proud to be a supporter. So you go, hey, well, I think we're doing some things right. Definitely. And thank you for having me. I, I love listening to your podcast. It's interactive. It's informative. You guys really know your stuff. You know, you carry Jarvis beautifully throughout the year, so I think you've done a really good job. Oh, dear. Thank you very much, and we'll catch up soon. Take care, yeah. to wrap up this episode but before oh. we do that we've got some little competitions that we've been teasing throughout this season of the podcast and I'm pretty excited I'm, I'm pretty nervous so, I'm so nervous I know I've got one of them in the bag yeah and that's the one we're gonna start with it's the least exciting tipping yeah. competition in the history of tipping th- competitions when did I lose this I lost this around about like halfway through the season didn't I by by Round five, you were a couple <laughs> points down, so oh, no. and you never really recovered oh, no, after round that. Five. That's horrendous. Um, That's terrible for me. In the end, the the biggest lead I got out to was a ten point lead. Are you serious? Yes, oh, in round twenty three, and in the final round, sorry, in round twenty two was the ten point lead. In the final round, I have come home with a nine point lead over you. Now, that's outrageous. Jarvis has a look on his face saying, I don't believe you. I want to check some of this math. No, I'm not. No, no, I've got it all here. Yeah, it's not that I don't believe the math. I've got it all recorded because you threw out some really bizarre tips. tips. Because you were like, I've just got to do something to try and. Anyway. Wow, I had a. Wow, did you. Wait, oh, that's seven. I thought that was a one. (laughs) Wow, that's horrendous by me. That's that's really bad. You know, I've never been one to be great at tipping, but. but this shows that I'm terrible at it. <laughs> um, yeah, so the final scores at the end, Nisha got 130 um, and I got 121 out of the how many tips there are in the season. So that's 
There you go. Nisha and I are one and one in the tipping competition. I obviously won the women's league. Uh, Nisha won the men's league. What a surprise. <laughs> um, but this is the big one that I think we've teased a couple of times throughout the men's season, which was the ladder predictions that we had. Yes. Now, if anyone doesn't know, there is $100 up for grabs here. Whoever wins this and has the most amount of points at the end will win 100 bucks from the opponent. The way the point system works is that if you uh, got the right team on the right position, you'll get two points. If you got the right team within a certain uh, position, bracket, a bracket, yeah. um, you'll get one point. So if For you got example, a, if oh, you put a team in between the positions one to four and they were anywhere between the positions yep. one to four, you'd get one point. For yeah. That. So that's how we worked out. Now, the way we're going to do it right now is that we're going to go through the top four um, and then we'll go through five and eight, then we'll go through nine and 13 and then 14 to 18. Um, how are you feeling looking at your ladder? Cause I'm not feeling amazing. There are definitely some gaps <laughs> of no points. Um, yeah, I've got a few gaps of no points, but I've, I've snagged a couple of good ones. Yeah, so you we'll reckon? just have okay. to see. Okay, we'll go through one to four. Do you want to go first or would you like me to go first? I'm happy to kick it off. Okay. I'm pretty proud with my one to four. Now, I was absolutely spewing when Melbourne got over the top of Geelong because otherwise Port Adelaide would have secured their top spot. Um, I did have Port in first po- first place, so that gives me one point. They ended up as second. Yeah. I had Brisbane in second spot. Now that gives me one point because they ended up in fourth spot. And I had Geelong in third, so that's a double pointer for me, Geelong finishing third. Then I had the Western Bulldogs fourth, so again, pretty disappointed with that outcome. Yep, but so that's a fi- uh, four points for that's me four in points the top four. That's four points for you, that's not bad. That's so far four points for you. I'm going to write that down so I actually know where the hell you're at. <laughs> um, for me, I had Lions in first place, uh, so I got a point there. I had Tigers in second, which was uh, a bit of a bit of a shock to the system. Um, then, um, in my third and fourth spot, I had Port and Cats. If I had them flipped around, that would have been two points each. So you've just got a... No, sorry. No. If I had Port... If you had, had the Geelong Port, in... Yeah, if yeah. I had Cats in that place. Yeah. Anyway, I've gotten three points for that first one there, so... Um, it's not too bad. We're only a point difference. Only a point difference, and this is where it all falls apart for me, oh. unfortunately. Um, in fifth spot, I put Richmond. No points for that. In... Sixth spot, I put West Coast. No points for that. In seventh spot, I put St Kilda. No points for that. <laughs> and in eighth spot, I put Carlton. So you there is no girl. points for that. So in the oh, five wait, to eight department, did... I have seriously, seriously struggled with Ooh, have... my um, with my <sighs> tipping in that in that regard. But um, I always screwed up. Jarvis almost screwed I up. I almost screwed up. I looked at uh, I looked at nine to thirteen, and I realized that I had Carlton in there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so no points from five to eight for you. Was so that correct? So I remain on four points. Oh well, okay. Here we go. Here's a bit of a lead for Jarvie. Um, I had say Kilda in fifth place. Obviously, no points. I did put the dogs in sixth place, so I do get a point for that. Sadly, but also luckily enough, <laughs> um, I had Eagles in seventh. No point for that. And then I had actually D's in eighth. Um, so no point for that either. So I've come with four points. So it's tied 4-4 four, four now. Not too bad. Let's see how um, 9 to 13 goes for you. I've definitely got a, I've got, I've got a gap in, a gap here. A gap here. I've got a gap says. here. I've got a bit of a gap, but uh, we'll see how we go. So yep. in ninth spot, I put GWS. So yep. no points for that. No in 10th, I put Fremantle. So I'll get a point there. Yep. Just the one point. Then I had Collingwood, Melbourne, and Sydney. So oh. no points for for there i've got uh five points total after that oh i it's it, i'm feeling pretty good now um in nine spots i had Cal- carlton obviously they finished 13 so i will get a point for that just barely just um Fremantle, i put in 10th i will get a point for that they finished 11th mm. and then i had sons collingwood and gws in their respective places as i just said no points for that so you are up to five i am up to six, six points now so it comes down to the last wooden spoon spots how are you feeling um i've got a small gap if that means anything to you but i feel like you might have got a double point here at the end um well, i'll do you want me i'll go first go since first. i'm in the lead and we'll see if you've done the comeback here okay 
In 14th spot, I've had North. Obviously, they finished Wooden Spoon. Um, in 15th spot, I had Hawks, um, which I was only a place off there. Uh, I had 16 and 17 as Swans and Essendon, so no points there. And then finally, I had Crows at 18. So I finish with a total of nine points. Ooh, this is going Here to be Here we go. She needs to get, she needs to get what? Uh, three points? So you need, need three points. No, you need three points. Oh, you need five points. Yes, you, you're yeah. right. You need five points to win, so you need to get double points, if not everything correct here. Now, funny you should say that, because in <laughs> 14th <laughs> position, I've put Hawthorne, and Hawks no. have come 14th, so that is a double pointer for me. <laughs> no. In 15th place, I put Essendon. Yeah. Um, now, if anyone's been listening properly, they can f- probably figure out the remaining teams I haven't said. I uh, haven't listened. North Melbourne. Adelaide and Gold Coast. So that's three points for me. I have five points and that is a total of ten no, points. No, you're kidding me. Wait, what? Cough up the money. No way. Pass he it wants here. to I check want, the I scores. Want, I, want, I want the score check. Mine has been hanging on the wall for the whole season. This is as fair as it gets. Gold Coast, Adelaide. Hawthorne, two points. North, a point. Adelaide, a point. You're seriously won by a point difference. That's outrageous. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely outrageous. It I is a good day that. to be me. Let's just put it and out That there. Hawthorne really got you there, hey? That Hawthorne. That Hawthorne really got you there. That's out. I cannot believe this. You know what? If we would have drawn this, I actually would have been a lot happier <laughs> because that way we, none of us would have to spend money at this moment. Oh, oh look, my um, gosh. It's a pretty I'm tough gonna, one to swallow I'm, I'm for going, you. I'm going through this again. <laughs> he just wants to do a <laughs> double check. You keep talking. You keep talking. Well, I may as well wrap it up while Jarvis does some quick maths, but I'm pretty stoked in case you can't tell. Thanks again for tuning in to our episode 29 of After the Siren. We have been really overwhelmed with people tuning in over the past few weeks, so that's been really exciting for us. Please, please continue to do so. You can follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Please do all of that. Again, if you would like to find us on social media and give us a follow on Instagram, you can find us at After the Siren Podcast. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at After the Siren underscore. Jarvis is still shaking his head across from the table. I'm looking, from I'm looking at my one now because I forgot Carlton was there. So I'm seeing if I've stuffed up. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Anyway, I'm going to wrap up the episode. So if you haven't figured out the maths no, by then, done. it's done. Lost. He's lost. Taking the L. Taking the L. I'm, I'm just going to firm it. I have to firm it at this point. Well Again, done. If you'd like to find uh, our final Instagram, or sorry, our, our individual Instagrams, you can find that into the description. Otherwise, thank you for listening. Thank you for the season of loyalty. And let's kick off finals season in style. Go, dogs. Yeah, go, dogs. <laughs> Don't choke it, please. Please don't choke. Thanks for listening, guys. See you later. Bye.